Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Anne Hintz. She's a spiritual teacher, public speaker, and the author of A Pathway to Insight, which details her personal journey and belief that we all have an incredible power and ability to see within the body. I won't say more so that we all get to discover what that journey entailed together. Hello, Anne, and welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Well, I'm very excited. I love to have guests from all over, you know, paths of walks of life. And I know this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation. I consider myself a spiritual person. And so I, I love when I saw your profile that, that you know, you have a, a quite an interesting journey uh, with challenges. And I know we're going to learn so much uh, and, and I'm sure you're going to share great wisdom. So why don't we go to the origin story and if you can share, you know, uh, who you were as a child, what you were passionate about, a little bit of that background. Okay. I kind of lived all over the world as a child. It was uh, an interesting upbringing. So I was actually conceived in New Zealand and oh. my mother <laughs> wound her way back to England and I was born. And when I was born, my right foot was up against my right shin. So the first six weeks of my life were actually physical therapy. Mm, and wow. then I was handed over for adoption mm. into, into a family that had just experienced a trauma because they had had, they had a two-year-old boy that they had adopted two years prior. And then they adopted another little girl and they had her for six months, but the birth mother changed her mind at six months, which was, Oof. you know, the, you could do it up to six months. So they had to give her back. And I was the replacement into the family for that little girl. Ay, ay, ay. That, when you put it like that, I'm sure you were a gift to that family, but I see, I see that the background. Yes. Right. But how, how could they really connect if they didn't know that this mother might also give Yes, might so also want me back. I yeah. understand that the frame of mind. Plus, they had to do the first six months with a baby <laughs> again, right? That's the hardest time. Yes, but and then after that was how was that? And I and I I love that you shared that with us because I'm sure you know that there's some people in the audience that also shared that with you. You know that they were adopted in a family, and that's something I actually I never had a guest spoken about in terms of that upbringing. So I welcome any insights you have from that experience. Well, I know it affected me uh, later on in life. I actually became afraid of leaving home mm -hmm. because I wasn't sure I would come back again. And that's, you know, that's what was happened. I, I was taken away from everything I knew and never came back. So I knew it kind of stored subconsciously and, you know, it took decades for me to actually realize how that was playing out in my life. And, mm -hmm. and I was able to work through that. But but it was a really kind of weird story because my mother actually was given the my birth mother was handed the wrong adoption papers. So she saw where he, she saw the company that my dad worked for. And so she was able to follow me around the world. So at six months, we moved to Barbados. 
Then we moved to Sierra Leone in West Africa. Then we moved to Hong Kong. Then we moved to Bahrain. Wow. Yeah, at the age of nine, when we lived in Hong Kong, I was sent to boarding school in England, sent to my my brother's boarding school. So I was actually the first girl boarder at a boy's boarding school. And so that was actually not a good experience because I I was teased horrifically for two years. So that, that was traumatic for me. And then my teenage years, my parents both became alcoholics. My dad already had anger issues. So... Um, you know, that just kind of added to it. And I kind of um, just stopped doing a lot of things. I stopped talking. I, I really didn't express myself very much because anytime I did, it was always the wrong thing. And I'd say the wrong thing, you'd get angry or my opinion was not correct. So there was no point voicing my opinion. So I was very quiet and very shy for a long time. And um, when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead in the bathroom. So that was like, that was like the big trauma. <laughs> oh my God. You, yeah. You definitely did not have an, an easy start. That's for sure. No, which is fine because I now believe, I now understand that the more trauma we have in childhood, the greater our capacity for spiritual growth doesn't mean we'll go there. It mm-hmm. just means we have that capacity within us. Mm, so. I love that. I love that angle. And and there's is there anything you like escape or embraced in terms of dreaming passions? That's something you were going obviously through those early years through a lot. Was there anything in particular that you enjoyed doing that when things get tough that you retreated to? I I loved painting and drawing. I was uh-huh. always a good artist. In terms of the adoption thing, it wasn't that great because my parents. They didn't tell us we were adopted until I was 13 and my brother was 15. Mm. So it, it was kind of a little bit embarrassing for them because, you know, they, people would ask, oh, where did she get that ability from? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't know what to say. So, you know, uh-huh. so I, I kind of did it on my own in my bedroom. But yeah. Interesting. I, Interesting. Yeah. So at 19, you obviously had these traumatic experiences. Is there anything at that point? Did you make a decision in terms of your career, professional endeavor, anything in terms of what do you want to be when you grow up kind of idea? <laughs> I was always, I was that point or already at university and I was studying computer science because it's a very logical mm-hmm. um, thing, right? It was really nice to experience something where if you did that, then this would happen. Or if you did something else, then that would happen, right? Which my my childhood had not been like that. It hadn't been logical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it was really fun to to do that. So and, and I did. So I got a degree in computer science and then I moved out from England to California when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I've been here ever since for 33 years now. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, in, in terms of the richness of your background and the places you have lived and all that. It's incredible. So so you developed that career. And then I know you you have very, let's say, different point of views in, about things. For example, I know that uh, that you think differently about the law of attraction. And, and uh, you know, I've had guests uh, on this show that, you know, swear by it. So tell me a little bit about that, you know, everything that you manifested after you had that difficult beginning. How did that all play out? <laughs> right. Well, it wasn't until I was in my late 30s that I actually realized, oh, maybe there's something from my childhood that I really need to deal with <laughs> because I was really um, reactionary. Right. My mind would take something that wasn't a big deal for other people and it would just spin out of control. So I, I realized 
something needed some work and I really, really wanted to change. So I'd listened to some of the spiritual teachers like, you know, Abraham Hicks and um, some of the other ones. She was really the one that I, I listened to the most. And I tried to understand what she was saying. I tried to believe that she was what she was saying was the truth. And so I kind of used it to open my mind. It's like, okay, what is she seeing? What's she saying? What if that's true? What am I not seeing? And so that's kind of where some of my understanding of the law of attraction came about. And I'm not thinking of it in terms of manifesting, manifesting something. I know a lot of people use it in, in that way, but it's to me, it's a universal law. It's, right? it's working all the time. It's not that, like we choose to, to use it. It's using us all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized is that, you know, every second of every day it's working, right? So we're emitting a signal every second of every day and we're attracting back into our future based on the signal that we're emitting now. So everything about us is our signal, right? It's our hair, it's our gender, it's our, our color, our clothes, everything about us. But over the years, I've realized the biggest part of our signal is the history the traumas that we stored inside of us. And I now believe, I now know that it's stored in our connective tissue and it's tension. And then the forces that pull us out of alignment are just massive, unbelievable, those forces that we hold inside of ourselves. So I started working at that level. I started working to clear out my traumas. And the first time I found something that worked was was in my late 30s, I went to a doctor's appointment and he recognized that I was more stressed than I should be because I'd, I'd been a stay-at-home mother for quite a few years by then. So it shouldn't have been too stressful, but he recognized I was really very stressed. So he mm-hmm. asked me on a scale of zero through 10 what my stress level was. And I said it was an eight. And then he asked me why. And it was that question is when I, I realized it was my mother's death, which is now 20 years earlier, mm-hmm. because the tears were still just under the surface, even mm. all these years later. And I'd never dealt with it at all. I didn't know how to. So he used this technique with me. It's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping. It's very popular. Many people know about it. It's been around for over 20 years and the person who developed it, Gary Craig, gave it away for free. Hmm. So it's been used a lot. And he used that with me for about 10 minutes. And I walked away from the appointment being able to tell the story of her death in my mind without the emotions there. The tears had gone. And to me, it was such a huge shift from like, you know, an hour before. Of course, that sounds um, powerful because I yeah. know that, that, you know, when there's like such big trauma. And I imagine that obviously anybody who finds their mother dead, that's already like so traumatic, but also, you know, I'm sure that the story with your mother and and that history, you had so much history there in terms of moving around, you know, the adoption and all that, that maybe there's some also extra emotion and extra stress that in that relationship. Yeah, uh, quite possibly. And, you know, that wasn't all of that, you know, in that 15 minute period. I imagine. It was was just, it was the surface level that we had let go of. And I did have to go back to that event. And, you know, what I realized over time is that EFT is kind of opening up the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And as it does, more specifics of memories surface. So then you work on those. And it gets to the point where you can tell the story and see all the details. And then there's never there's not any emotions left behind. 
And what I realized then in terms of the law of attraction, right, that has then changed my signal around that memory that was stored inside of me. So then I'm no longer attracting events in my future that feel that same way. Hmm. That's powerful. That makes sense. And and so in all these, because Daniel obviously became a spiritual teacher besides your profession, is was there a change like you you started to get involved, intrigued, I guess, like many people in personal growth? And was there a change where you said, I'm gonna do my job? Are you still uh, working in, in your field of computer science or you completely, you know, are removed from it? By your yeah, smile, I, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I stopped. I, I stopped being a, a software engineer when my boys were born. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but but this is only the first step on my story. So I actually started using EFT every day. I started working with it when I felt emotional. I would tap what is called tapping. So I would tap on the emotions during the day, and I found my mind starting to become a little quiet, and I wanted more. So what I did is I wrote down every emotional memory that I could think of from my childhood. So every event, every trauma, every trigger, I wrote them all down, which was several shade pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And I went through them one each night. I tapped for about an hour to an hour and a half each night on one of these events. And over time, I found my mind becoming quiet and I started to become more peaceful. And I remember opening my kitchen door one day and actually saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because those words, those voices in my mind, the ones that would, you know, keep going all the time, mm-hmm. that busyness, the, the one that would judge me and criticize me and judge other people, they were no longer there. And I didn't even know that that was possible. That's interesting. I think I've heard uh, Pema Chodron talk about something similar where she said, befriending your emotions, that if you befriend what you're feeling and your emotions and you sit with them and you you really make an effort into being with them, then they quiet. They they just start dissipating because you're 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 making them real by by being with them. And so it right. sounds to me like so similar in concept. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, that was then actually the next step. See, when I started my journey, I could not have done, I could not have sat with them because I didn't even know what they were. Mm-hmm. So EFT, at least for me, was a really good first step. And as I worked with EFT, I actually became aware of my emotions. And then I became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? Because we'll use words like sadness or anger or frustration, but what we're really describing is a set of physical sensations that we're feeling that we then give that word to. Mm-hmm. So I became aware at that deeper level of those sensations in my body. And that's when I started doing what you were talking about then. I, I would feel what I call feeling your feelings. I would actually put my attention on that tension that I could feel inside my body and just sit with it. Like you were saying, just feel it, allow it to be felt. And they were just physical sensations that I had suppressed for all these years. They didn't know how to be felt. So it was it was tricky to do it at first because they would want to shift. They would want to disappear back inside of me. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to actually become like a statue. Stop breathing even just to focus on that tension. For me, it would often be fear and I could feel it in my stomach. And I would just put my focused attention on that tension hold it there. I'd even talk to it. It's like, I can feel this tension right there. I can feel this frustration. 
and the fear sitting in my solar plexus. And then there would be a shift and it would let go. And then I would think that same thought again and feel it again. And I would do that over and over again with the same thought until the emotion that was attached to it had dissipated. And so then I would do this instead of tapping in the evening, I would actually lay on the sofa and I would feel more collective traumas because I'd done my childhood at this point. So mm-hmm. I moved on to, you know, we all have our own Give experience. Give me something else to work on, huh? <laughs> right. We all have our own experience of something like 9-11 or an earthquake or tsunami or something like that. So I would bring those to mind, feel all those sensations inside my body and just sit with them, like you were saying, and they would dissipate. And then I would do it again and again and again until that thought is free from the emotions. Mm, now, it sounds a lot like mindfulness meditation. Is the, Do you meditate at all? I'm curious. Do you take on this practice or what's your take on meditation? I think meditation is beneficial because in that moment, right, going back to the law of attraction, in the moment of meditation, you're in a calm, peaceful state. So that's the signal you're emitting. So it's going to change your future to attract more peace into mm. it. So from that point of view, I do think it's beneficial that the route I took, I felt changed my whole being faster, right? Because I was going to the physical. I was Mm -hmm. actually changing my physical signal at a deeper level than just the mind. Mm. So that's that's intriguing because I know that uh, somewhere I read that you actually experienced change in your bodies in your body through this practice or technique. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Right. So as I was laying on the sofa in the evenings doing this inner work, at some point I realized that I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had dissipated. It's really difficult to explain, but the the only way I try and do it is like, imagine you've got a toothache or a stomachache, right? You can pinpoint with your mind where that pain is coming from. But once the pain is dissipated, you can't get back inside. You, you can't pinpoint again where it was coming from. I found that I could do that. And I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just was kind of playing at this point. So mm-hmm. I would try and do it again. And it's like, okay, I can do it again. And then I would move my awareness around inside and notice that I could find tension or no tension. So I would find tension and I would focus on it hold my awareness on it until it would shift and they would do it again and again. So now I'm just doing what I was doing outside at at a deeper level and doing the same thing, just focusing on it, sitting with it, allowing it to be, and it would dissipate. Mm -hmm. So I worked in my torso for a while and it actually took many months to put my awareness inside my head. Mm -hmm. And once I could put my awareness inside my head, there was so much pain and tension in there. It's just unbelievable. The forces pulling my skull and my body out of alignment. I had no idea, right? I'd lived 50 years by this point with no idea that I had so much tension inside of me. So that really solidified my understanding of attraction, right? We have so much tension inside of us from our past that we really have no idea about. So I started working with this tension and I would focus on it, let it go, focus, let it go. And at some point I actually felt and heard something release sounded like old fabric ripping. And I researched at that point and realized it's the connective tissue. It was a, a bond in the connective tissue that had released. Mm, so wow. it was a little scary that first time. I didn't know if I was hurting myself or what, <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept doing it. 
I imagine. And just releasing tension. So there can't be anything negative. This is what I figured at least. So I just kept doing it. And over time, I could actually feel my bones in my skull relax into a more relaxed. I know it's now a more aligned position. And so that's why it was really great last year to actually have new x-rays taken from my orthodontist compared to 2013 and see that my eye sockets, right, those bones, I didn't even know they would move, but my eye sockets have aligned more. My jaw, which was way off to the side, is now more in the center. And my neck, I have scoliosis, and I believe it's from being born, right, with my right foot up against my right shin. My whole body has been twisted, Mm -hmm. and it's starting to untwist. So my neck is straighter, and I've grown half an inch as a 55-year-old, which is really Oh, my God. So you really (laughs) can prove that these work so so is this the essence because i can hear people say oh this sounds great but if i sit in my sofa and i try to do this it's never gonna work is this what you're explaining like do you give tips in your book on how how do we get to tackle this like i want to try i'm gonna i listen to you and i'm sure i'm gonna re-listen this episode and i'm gonna say let me take some of the and tips here and see what i can what i can do how someone that has never done anything like this start Yeah, well, my book does. It goes through all the steps that I went through in case someone else wants to do the same thing. So, you know, the first thing would be learning EFT, right? It's it's free. It's easy to learn. You can learn it in 10 minutes and it's deceptively powerful. I think people think, you know, they look at it and they think, oh, that can't be doing much, but it's so powerful. And, you know, the reason I knew that I had that experience of the doctor's office, but then I went home and learned how to do it. And I wanted to test it out. So we had a 17-year-old cat at home that his kidneys were failing and we were told he needed a daily saline shot, like an injection. And I had to do it. And the Mm. first time I gave him one, I was so scared and my hand was shaking so much. It was ridiculous. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day. I I would have to get someone else to do it. So I thought, okay, let me try out this technique. So I tapped about all the aspects of that experience. I tapped about being afraid of the needle, being afraid of hurting my cat, about my hand shaking and about my history around injections because I'd had a lot because I've lived so many places. And the next day, the needle just slid right in. All the fear that I had been feeling inside the previous day had just all disappeared. And it was so, it was such a huge change. It's like, that's when I realized, okay, this technique is deceptively powerful. And oh, I'm going to start that, using that, it. That sounds great. Is there a one place where people can go and, and learn more about EFT? Is there a centralized place or your book has it like, where, where do we send people to in the That's show notes? Good question. There's many, many places. I do have a YouTube channel. It has a demonstration video on there. Great. And in the notes to that, I have a links to Gary Craig's videos because he's the person who developed it. The thing to know about all the videos out there about EFT is a lot of people have moved towards the positive, but EFT's power is in releasing the negative. And now because I can see inside my body, right, I know there's tension or there's no tension, there's lightness or there's darkness. And all we need to do is find the tension or the darkness or the negative and let that go and it's light underneath. So EFT works on accepting exactly how we're feeling or exactly what we're going through, right? It's if, we, if we're hating something or if we're really afraid 
whatever it is we're feeling, that's what we accept. And then that's when the shift happens, when there's full acceptance. Mm, very, very interesting. So you think if if we all like we are right now dealing with, you know, the world is crazy, people are fighting, you know, potential war. If we all embrace techniques like this, where it's, it calls to like really be more aware, be, being yeah, be, tapping into our own emotions and feelings. Do Are you of the belief that we can change the world? I know a lot of people believe yes, but I'm curious about your opinion. I do. I do because of the law of attraction, right? If we're, if we're noticing what's happening outside of ourselves and we're all emotional on the inside, we're attracting more of that. So if we can feel our feelings and come to peace, like let the feelings go and come to peace inside of us, that's then what we're attracting into our future. Yeah. So one of the, the key things that I think people don't understand, and it was hard for me to get my head around too, is that even though everything looks like it's outside of us, right? We're hearing the news on TV or we're watching someone else argue, whatever it is, our part of that equation is always how we feel about it. And we have control over how we feel. We can use one of these techniques and let those feelings go and come to peace on our inside so that we attract peace into our future. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. And so, and, and what about people that say, I'm also curious because we're talking about all this attraction. When they say, I want to attract certain things like love to my life or business success. What's your take on that? Is Can we attract specific things that we feel are missing from our life? Yeah, I do have a chapter in my book on, uh, for those people who, who want to do that manifestation part mm -hmm. of life. What I've come to realize, and, and I think about it through energy, through the law of attraction. So if there's something we want that we don't have, there's two things to know. It means that we're not happy where we are right now. We're not happy with how with what we have right now. So there's resistance inside of us to where we are right now. So I've got questions in there to bring up that resistance and then we can tap, you can use EFT and tap that resistance out. Mm. So the second part is that if we there's something we want that we don't have, we have resistance to it because if we didn't, we would already have it. So if we find the resistance to that thing and we tap out the resistance to that thing, then there's no resistance anymore and it allows the energy to flow. Wow, that's uh, that's insightful. That's interesting. So all those people buying the lotto ticket figure out why why <laughs> you have a resistance <laughs> to money, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, no, it's very interesting. I remember reading, and I, I now don't remember the name of the book, but it was all about tapping. And I know I've done it at some point in my life. I, it's not something I've, I've normally do, but I'm going to look into it for sure. And any any other thing that we haven't talked about that you're excited these days? Do you have any projects, anything exciting going on? What's what's up? What are you trying to attract these days? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm still working on the inside, so I'm working at the level of the bones now in my skull. So I'm releasing tension in my palate and in my tooth roots and in my cheekbones, and so I'm kind of excited to know. That's changing my signal at a very deep level, right? Very deep subconscious yes. level, right? When I was working at the, the more surface level inside, the memories would pop up, right? So I was released tension and then a memory would pop into my mind of where that, whatever it was that was stored, where that was stored. 
now I'm working in a such deep level. I believe I'm working at the subconscious level, like the, the programming that I received in my childhood that went into the subconscious. That's what I'm letting go of. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen in my future, right? Based on my new signal. Every day I'm changing it. You know, I've, I've released tension in my bones already today. So over time, I'm just interested to see what's going to happen. I love that concept of a new signal, like that you have the power within you to just beam this new signal and that nothing is, you know, it's not like you. I think a lot of people convince themselves that what they were given, they were given and they say, well, I don't have that in me or, you know, and, and they think that's. It's prophecy, you know, whatever you do, give that's your signal. But I love in all we've spoken, it's that you do have the, the ability to to reshuffle yourself in a way where that you're sending out a, a different signal every time. Right. Yeah. And we talk about the word alignment. I mean, it's it's used in the, you know, the law of attraction arena. They talk about being in alignment with what you want Right. So, but I never knew that you could actually come to more alignment at the physical level. Right. So my bones structure has changed to a more physical alignment. So over time. So what's you know, what's that going to create in my future? Right. That that's what interests me. So I'm not really trying to do something. I'm not really trying to manifest so much as just changing my signal and seeing what happens. Yeah, and I love that. And I wonder if, you know, I know many people, they hear this conversation, but maybe because they haven't maybe gone through something where they, the things in their lives, maybe they, they haven't called upon opening to explore or opening to other things or opening to, you know, let me try tapping and let me try EFT or let me research it. Is there anything you would say to someone that maybe, you know, listens, is interesting and all that, but doesn't feel that urge to to explore? Is that the, that comes naturally to everybody? You know, there's a lot of debate where you say in personal growth, it's saying, do you go and search it? Or if you're not searching, is because you don't need it? Or what what's your take on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had to get to the place, right, where I had this business altercation happen with this, this other mothers and my mind was spinning out of control so badly that I had to do something different. I knew I really, really, really wanted to change. So I had to have that will and that desire to make changes. And, you know, I hear that a lot from other people that they feel that too, that there has to be something. You have to get to a dark enough place that you really have that desire to change. And, you know, some people don't, you know, some people actually have like a, an okay childhood, right? They, I mean, they yeah. really do. My husband did. It's like he really never suffered anything really traumatic. So there's no real desire there for anything to be different. Yeah, I definitely think the trauma, I thank God I had a very happy childhood and a great parents. But at 17, I lost one of my best friends in a tragic car accident. And that is the experience that I thought was very traumatic for me because it's like at 17 to come to terms with I'm alive and she's not. And why do I get to do this? And she's not, uh, you know, I think definitely that was the experience that really made me turn on that search for something more. But uh, I do agree that the, it, it has to be something that triggers the the wanting to explore more. 
Yes, right. So for that, that for you would have been like a, a signal inside of you, right? That that had yes. all these emotions and things around them, right? So in in terms of this work, that would be something that I would go and tap through that whole experience. And one of the things working with EFT, with actually all the different steps that I've gone along the way, always go back to the beginning and do it again and again and again until there is no more charge, no more tension, no more emotion there. And then it's no longer affecting us. It's no longer part of our signal and affecting our future. Wow, that's well said. I really, with that explanation, it really like you brought it home pretty well, at least for me. So, well, my last question for the interview is always the same. And if I'm always very curious to see what made my, my guests tick. So besides tapping, what other thing makes you tick? What makes you reconnect to your true essence? Any activity, any place? You know, I, I very much try to walk my talk. I am, I don't do that. Actually, I do what I do. And then I tell people about it. <laughs> so for me, I, it's always, I'm reconnecting with myself at the level of feeling, always checking in where's the tension that I'm feeling right now. I feel it. I let it go. I just, I do that. It's part of me now. I do it. I do it whenever I can during the day, probably hundreds of times during the day. So yeah, I mean, there's other things I love doing, but when I'm doing them, I also do this work. Mm. Well, for, for, for a show that's uh, based on reconnecting to the essence of oneself, you are the perfect guest. And it sounds to me like you have a direct input to the source of what's important and that you stay you stay plugged in and checking in so many times that that's how you are getting what you want to get and that that's very inspiring yeah well i believe that i'm looking through the connective tissue and i believe that is where the soul resides and that the the tension in there is it distorts our signal from source or spirit so as i release more and more tension i believe i'm tuning in more easily to spirits and that's and that's my goal mm. Beautiful. I love that, Anne. Well, I want to thank you. I definitely will check out, uh, you know, EFT and your book, and it will all be in the show notes. And I really, really thank you for sharing your journey with us and for being part of Back to Basics. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Thank you. Until the next time. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.